When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Uh, is Tiffany still on fire? I need James as soon as possible. I came in, my wife came in this morning and said, Tiffany is on fire. And you know what? For a split second, it kind of, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it reminded me a little bit of 911, 9-11. It's like everybody's mind knows it. Everybody knew the World Trade Center. I'm saying before I knew the extent of anything, you know, I, we all know, uh, Tiffany, it's iconic and like, and it, it just seemed very foreboding, like it could be much worse. It could be, and it's right next to Trump Tower. And then I started to see the pictures and the smoke was everywhere and, uh, However, we think that this is not a big deal and it's already been, uh, it's already under control. Is that it? I hope. Um, no one's talking about it on the news, so I assume it's pretty much evaporated. James Flippin will give me, I just missed his news report. He'll give us the, uh, uh, the down low, the Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. You know, over Tiffany, Donald Trump, I believe, owns the air rights over the Tiffany store. He owns it. Um, you know, every girl in New York says uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's is their favorite movie. Did you know that? Everybody says that. It's a terrible movie, by the way. Just terrible. It's about a prostitute and it's kind of racist and, um, it's about mobsters and this gigolo and that just, it's a bad movie and it's boring. And I know, what's her name? What was her name? Audrey Hepburn looks great. Um, but if, if that is inspiring women and girls, uh, we have a, uh, we have a problem. All right. So no injuries. The fire started before, before the store opened. And it was basically confined to the basement, although I'm looking at these pictures. It doesn't look like a basement fire to me. Uh, the smoke is billowing out of the windows, and it's uh, it's a it, – it, all right, but it's all under control. And, uh, hey, James, yeah, do me a favor. Hi, James. Um, this fire at Tiffany's is a done deal, right? It's over, no big deal? That is correct. It was under control as of noon today. All right, under control. That means it took them a couple of hours to get it under control. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you never know with these fires, like what happened, did it happen inside? In this case, it apparently was a transformer, um, what do you call that, vault, box? Well, they just renovated the store. I know that because on Instagram, uh, every woman in New York is going to some party, some event over at Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, my wedding ring is from Tiffany. Oh, very nice. I remember going there, uh, getting wedding rings. This is actually before the big day. I was kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. I remember, I was just like, this is real. I don't, <laughs> just, oh boy, I had, I was like, that I was at the point a, of no return. I, I yeah, I was like, uh, this is, uh, whew. uh, but hey, marriage is, uh, it's a wonderful institution. And I saw that you were the photog this morning. You kind of broke the news of that fire, as a matter of fact, because uh, I go on Twitter to try to get, you know, information this morning when the fire is kind of coming across the wires. And I see, oh, 
Greg Kelly with with reports here, and and I was hoping there was going to be some audio from you that I could actually just use and say our own Greg Kelly has this to say, but no. it was just pictures. Instead, it was that panicked. There's a fire at Tiffany's <laughs> <laughs> with a million exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was very very disturbing, and everyone's telling me they actually took my my tweet and put it on various news sites. Like, yeah. I, like I'm just some guy with a phone and I smelled smoke and I saw it. And my wife told me something. Okay. You're a citizen journalist. <laughs> well, it kind of went mega viral. So, all right, well, that's good. The stores basically is, is it going to be open anytime soon? Uh, that's not necessarily clear. I mean, you know, like you said, kind of a shame that that gut renovation was just completed in April. Now they're saying it's not clear if it will reopen today. Con Ed crews right now are repairing that underground electrical equipment that apparently that's what caught on fire. That's well, what they're saying right now. And I will say that my first thought actually is this, does this have something to do with Trump Tower? Cause Trump Tower is right next door. Um, and actually Trump, I believe, does own the air rights above Tiffany mm. because if they built a building on, on Tiffany. That would block the view from Trump Tower. Right. And the, a lot of the uh, apartments would lose their value and, Actually, it's all in art of the deal. Uh, Trump wanted to get those air rights, which was like a novel concept at the time. And uh, I remember this. You got to read that book, Art of the Deal, because there's like a lot of helpful, basic things in there. And that's some of them are not basic. I mean, they're they're tips from the top. And he's like, he wants to talk to the guy who runs Tiffany's. So what does he do? He called the front office. And he just said, sometimes you just call, you pick up the phone, and you'd be surprised who answers. And this mm-hmm. is back in the 80s, and it was easier to get people, actually, the 70s. And uh, they had an agreement, and Donald Trump says, well, you know, shouldn't we bring the lawyers in? And uh, the guy's name was Hoovel. I think he was from Germany. He says, young man, I have given you my word. Do you understand? <laughs> I'm just like, okay, yes, I do understand. That's very unusual, but I understand. So uh, it was a handshake deal, and uh, it became uh, it became legalized later. All right, so nobody heard. All good. Uh, Joe Biden's coming to New York. That's right. He's got an interview at 2.30, I think, on MSNBC. And this then... man should not talk in public. Why does he do this? Why does – I guess presidents must do this. That's If you're a president, that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and I it's don't... a campaign event later today. All right. Uh, and, well, he's coming here for money. Who right. wants to Fun give raising. him money anymore? I mean, what happened yesterday was uh, astonishing, totally astonishing. You're talking about the war in Iraq? That – well – Yelling. I mean, every day it's kind of a it's kind of a, a trip with this guy, and more than him making that mistake because he makes mistakes every day. Um, and I've seen George W. Bush do the same thing. You know what's really creepy? The fake news censored it. The fake news covered for him. The USA Today put out a transcript of that moment and just corrected it for him. Mm-hmm. Didn't put the word Iraq in. Said the war at home. Yeah. Uh, Putin's. I mean, it's. It's why would they do that? I wouldn't have known that that had actually happened if not for the fact that on Twitter, some sort of more right leaning accounts were saying, oh, no, another gaffe, another mistake that Biden made. Because when I read the, to your point, news reports on it, it said nothing of that. Why would they exist? Why do you have a thing like USA Today with reporters and offices all over the place if they are not interested in reporting something that happened? I mean, the, every word the president says is news. You could argue that that's, you know, it's kind of a silly news culture, but that's what the culture is, and they're covering up for him. It's uh, it's pretty wild. All right, this affirmative action thing. Thank you, James. Absolutely. It's, uh, oh, can you smell any of the Canadian smoke? No, I, I don't smell anything. I, it, I guess it's hazy, but it's also been so stormy that it's kind of tough to say if this is like yep. smoke or clouds or whatever. But, You're right. There's the haze again. But I don't smell anything. Um, and I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, I took a terrible fall this morning when I was running. 
Yep, I was running down Fifth Avenue and uh, the sidewalk there. You know the sidewalk right next to Central Park, so right. you don't have to cross every street. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm running and doing a little jog, like very slow, ten minute, thirty second miles, and I trip and I fall and I took a really wild tumble. You know, I protected my my hands, I broke the fall, and people came from all over the place. Like six people descended on me in about thirty seconds. Um, trying to steal my stuff. No, <laughs> trying to find <laughs> oh, out if not... I was okay. It was so beautiful. There, are you okay? Wow, that was a really tough fall. And like they, they stayed with me for a moment to make sure. You know, you got to get it. All right, let me see you walk it off. Are you okay? And it was just really nice. Um, people from all over the world. I didn't really find out where. They, I mean, you could just tell people from New York are from all over the place, and it was, uh, it was very nice. You so were, you were heartened by the human reaction. Yes, and moral of the story. No more running, okay. right? I'm going to cut way back on my exercise. No, I got a plan to not uh, to not run on the on the patchy sidewalk. You really shouldn't run on the sidewalk, by the way. Mm. I noticed after I got home today. Come to think of it, I'm the only one on the sidewalk who's running. Everybody else walks. Everybody runs in the park, you know, or maybe a uh, a bicycle machine, otherwise known as an exercise, an exercise bike. bike. Right. Okay. Thank you, James. Thank you, Greg. Uh, in the meantime, the liberal world is panicking big time because affirmative action was just essentially scrapped by the Supreme Court and uh, in terms of college admissions. They are no longer able to consider uh, your race uh, for college admissions, and I think that's uh, obviously a big step in the right direction. And you know who this helps more than any other group? Asian Americans. And people are totally ignoring that in the coverage today. Asian Americans were being kept out of some of the most competitive schools in the country because they felt they had too many of them, too many Asians. So we're going to uh, use their race against them. Well, you can't use the race against anybody in America, in my opinion, and thankfully in the Supreme Court's opinion. Now, the Supreme Court has done some wacky stuff over the years, but uh, I like this opinion a lot. It's complex. You start reading it, you want to go to sleep. If you start hearing the oral arguments, you really you want to go into a coma. It's it's really tough to uh, get through, but... The bottom line is, and, and I'm still kind of, uh, what do they say, processing it, processing it. I see liberal white anchor after liberal white anchor, especially, um, quite frankly, the women anchors on MSNBC right now are in tears about this, saying that this is the worst thing that ever happened and we we must find ways to reverse it and, oh, what this will do and – that that's the ultimate in virtue signaling. That's like, look at me. I have this power, but I I feel for you, and I don't want this power. I want to be. It's very strange. There's a um, strange thing happening with our culture uh, everywhere, everywhere indeed. Hey, if um, and Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, they just put out a, a statement. They're upset about this. They say they are brokenhearted for every young person concerned about their future. Well, every young person is concerned about their future, so they're brokenhearted about this. What they're trying to do is stir racial resentment, all right, because racial resentment works out very well for them. And, oh, by the way, affirmative action has worked out extremely well for the Obamas. I mean, Barack Obama and affirmative action, I can understand his heart breaking a little bit, but then again, he's got his, right, how, how is he an affirmative action guy? Well, started off very, very early. He had crummy, uh, he had mediocre grades in high school and he went to a, you know, average college, Occidental College. People don't know this, but he went to uh, Occidental College in Los Angeles for two years where his major was, according to him, you could read one of the many books. Barack, you put this in the book. 
uh, smoking dope, hanging out, and occasionally doing a little bit of cocaine. Your mother was upset with you because you were letting your grades slide. It's all in your own book, man. And then you get into Columbia University. Columbia, of course, part of the Ivy League right here in New York City. And um, you kind of, according to your own memoir, <laughs> drift, continue with the pot smoking. You're trying to find yourself. You don't really write much about pulling all-nighters or being in the library. Uh, it, it, it seems like you're kind of skating through Columbia University. You have not released your transcript. Um, look, neither would I, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm glad I got a diploma. I'm not running for anything. I think if you run for president, we should, uh, well, if you're going to say you're a great student, maybe we should take a peek at your grades. And, uh, he won't let that, he won't let that happen. Um, now somehow he gets into Harvard Law School. Now, if you accept, as I do, that he probably did, wasn't a stellar student at Columbia, why would Harvard Law School have let in this guy? Well, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, he's a black guy. Number two, Barack Obama. Interesting name. Hey, this happens all the time in life. Actually, it does. I know guys who got into college because they were good at lacrosse. All right. A white redheaded guy I know got into Harvard because he was good at lacrosse. Uh, and they needed a lacrosse player. All right. This happens. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good, but it happens. I wasn't good at lacrosse. Um, hey, maybe I'll resubmit my application to Harvard Law School. All right. I do believe I was kept out because I'm a, I'm a white man. All right. I'm going to resubmit my Harvard Law School, um, application. And, uh, I believe I was rejected because of my whiteness. And it had nothing to do with my 2.3 grade point average. Okay. I have, I am convinced that had nothing to do with Harvard's decision to not admit me. Um, what else? Barack Obama. Yeah. He really is the picture. A poster person for affirmative action gets to the United States Senate after having no accomplishments in the Illinois State Senate, none, zero. And uh, two minutes later, he's running for president of the United States. Now, if he really wanted to tackle the problem that was plaguing, um, well, the African-American community, he would talk about this as he did once, but he was hit so hard he never dared do it again. Ready for this? Remember that speech he made and everybody fell in love with him back in 2004? Just to, just to, uh, remind you, all right? I mean, he can make a pretty simple thought sound really good. Cut 18. Cut 18. I say to them tonight, there is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States. Of America. Yay! Not anymore, right? <laughs> now it's all about race. It's all about, uh, it's all about what you look like and all that stuff. Oh, I gotta go. But the stuff that he said for one brief shining moment, he was prepared to talk about the truth and, uh, not anymore. Now he's just, uh, he's the race hustler that, uh, well, we've seen before. Uh, Al Sharpton, anybody, uh, Malcolm X, uh, right up there with those guys. Uh, be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so the uh, Supreme Court just a little while ago, I hate talking about the Supreme Court sometimes, but this is important, and uh, I think it's good for the country. They just said colleges cannot consider race when it comes to college admissions, okay? 
This was brought by a group of Asian students who were upset that they were being excluded in favor of black students from Harvard University. They were limiting the number of Asians uh, so they could increase the number of uh, black students. And quite frankly, it should be about what uh, SAT score and uh, grade point average, extracurricular activities, kind of. And I don't know. What else? Um, a, a, a letter of recommendation? I, I, who knows how you did on the interview? This is how it's worked for a long time. And, uh, but they say that has worked against communities of color. And that's a euphemism for, um, the black community. Okay. Because this is kind of what it's all about here. Um, and let's see here. If we really wanted to fix this situation though, if there aren't enough black students at Harvard, um, Maybe this has something to do with it, all right? And Barack Obama put his finger on the problem back in 2004, back when he was trying to get people to like him, okay? Uh, this is a pretty astounding thing to say, and he said it on a national stage. I did not know this, but if this is true, this is the problem. This right here. You ready? Cut 17. Go into any inner city neighborhood, and folks will tell you that government alone can't teach our kids to learn. They know that parents have to teach, that children can't achieve unless we raise their expectations and turn off the television sets and eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. They know those things. All right, did you hear that? A black youth with a book is acting white. A black youth with a book is acting white. Now, Obama says that that happens in uh, in urban environments, all right, that uh, if you're black and you're considered intellectual or you're pursuing uh, books and those kinds of things, doing your homework, that you're acting white. Now, if that's a thing, and I, well, has anything been done to eradicate that, anything at all? Have we talked about that as a country? Did you know that? Did you know that reading in the African-American community in certain urban centers is considered, um, you know, like behavior that's not cool, i.e. acting white? I just want to make sure I, he said this, and I would imagine that he knows. He said it one other time in his presidency, oh, by the way, and the left went bananas. <laughs> they always. This is what Jesse Jackson. He talks to him about this stuff. He says, "I'm going to cut his nuts off if he keeps talking like that." So he barely ever did it. But maybe we need to eradicate that slander for real, because that slander might be holding millions upon millions of people back, generation after generation. What the hell did you do about it, Barack? Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it's very gratifying. People come up to me all the time and tell me, wow, you really were right about Eric Adams. You knew it. You were the only one. I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> Thank you very much. I wish more people had listened, although not many people voted for him, all right? In a big city like New York, I think it was like 3% of the people, 3%. He got 3% of the vote in a city of 8 million people. What was it? 200,000 on the last day of school, primary day. It's a joke. Uh, he's bad at uh, everything. He's dumb. He's narcissistic. He's not even a New Yorker. Lives in New Jersey. Uh, during the campaign, he was living in a condo in New Jersey. Uh, no accomplishments whatsoever in his life. 
uh, very sketchy in certain areas and um, not good. We all see it government. He's actually not even good at politics. He's just not good. All he can do is stand there in a suit and go, <laughs> aren't I great? <laughs> because the moment he is pressed, the moment he is challenged, he loses it. And you can see how um, how limited he is. Uh, so what happened? Let's see. Uh, you know, in New York, I think it's your right to boo. We have, you know, we are. We're New Yorkers. We can boo when the Yankees lose, when the Mets lose, well, when the Mets lose, right? You, you can boo when some guy who's making $10 million a year strikes out for the 50th time in a row. Boo! That's okay. And, uh, you can mouth off to, uh, public officials. It's kind of part of the deal. It is. Now listen to what happened. This is, did you see this thing? Adams is at some uh, community meeting in Washington Heights. And a woman, it's a big room, a big, like, it looks like a gymnasium. I think they're in a gym. And he's on this ridiculous dais, as if he's the emperor, right? A big, big, big table, and he's in the middle of it like he's Napoleon. Maybe he's got a Napoleon complex. How tall is he anyway? I don't remember. Um, and this woman is about a quarter mile away. And she gets up, and guess what? She's upset about the rent. And a lot of people are upset about the rent. The rent guidelines board, they just approved another hike. And uh, she doesn't like it. And she's, you know, giving him, a, uh, you know, giving him uh, her piece, saying some stuff. She doesn't use any bad words. She doesn't say any pejorative, uh, any anything nasty. And he can't take it. And what does he do? What does he do when he's in a box? The race card. Oh, boy. So uh, where is this thing? Uh... Uh, cut 15, please. Hey, stop it for a second. Uh, I'm sorry for the audio. You're going to barely hear her question. All right? she's That's her. Listen carefully. You'll hear her. You're going to hear him very clearly. All right? All right. Keep going. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect that I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in the conversation up here in Washington Heights. Treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. I answered your question. Uh, no, that's not how grown men talk. That's how little boys talk, all right? That's how, that's how gangsters talk, actually, a little bit, right? Oh, you disrespected me. How did, how were you disrespected? She pointed at you? Why not? You're at a table full of, uh, you're in the middle. There are 15 people on either side of you. Just to be clear here, she's talking to you. She called you Mr. Mayor. I heard that, Mr. Mayor. There was not one issue with her question. Not one. You don't like being pointed at? Good to know. Next time I see you, the finger comes out and I'm pointing at you. You're a bad mayor. You're a bad person. You are in way over your head and everybody knows it. Boy, that felt good. Uh, who is this lady? 
I think we should give her a medal. She did you see? She said in Nassau County the rents didn't go up. In this county they didn't go up. In that county they didn't go up. And here they went up. And it's these big companies, these big real estate companies. Hey, look, she may be right. She may be wrong. I don't know. Ah, uh, but good for her. You're allowed to. What do they call it? Truth to power. Since when are you not allowed to point at somebody? What's the problem with pointing at somebody? It's just like you, you, because there are 15 people up there. A plantation that you own. This is no plantation owner. Are you kidding me? You're going to compare this woman, this hardworking woman in Washington Heights to some southern plantation owner in 1860 drinking a mint julep and twirling something on the porch? Are you crazy? You are crazy. And you're dim. You're a dim bulb. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we got to track down this woman and tell her that uh, you're terrific. You did nothing wrong. Can you imagine Koch talking about anybody like even Koch? Koch was known to give it back to people a little bit, right? But not like that. Not when the not when nobody drew blood there, Mister Mayor. I don't like this, and you said you and you did that. That's okay. You don't go to. <laughs> You don't call somebody a racist for that. You don't invoke. You don't fall back on the dark chapter of slavery unless you're a cheap race hustling politician like Eric Adams. Right. That's your uh, your get because you know what? It, it it really shuts up the white press. And there's plenty of white reporters. I, that That is true. And it shuts them up and it intimidates them. Oh, my God. We have to keep our heads down low. Oh, boy. And that woman who said that, well, she's just some poor nobody in Washington Heights. Who's got the power in this room? He does. They suck up to power, the media. Oh, boy. Should be the other way around. You know, there was this old saying in the newspaper business that the the job of newspapers was to, how do they put it? Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Think about that. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So if in power, we got to keep you on your toes. If you have no power, we got to work for you. And it's the opposite. The media are the, uh, the bullies um, and uh, doing the dirty work, the enforcement work of Democrat uh, administrations. That was really something, wasn't it? What a what a bad, bad um, moment for the city, for the city. Hey, here's something. Liz Cheney is back. She just lost by 40 points in Wyoming. And she's um, leading the network news, the January 6th lady, right? Remember her? This is uh, Dick Cheney's daughter. You know, the one who lied and got us into the war in Iraq. No weapons of mass destruction, right? No weapons of mass destruction. And she's wagging her finger at Donald Trump talking about accountability. Cut 19, please. Here in Colorado, I spoke exclusively with former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney here at the Aspen Ideas Festival, of which the NBC Universal News Group is the media partner. I started off asking her assessment of the indictment against former President Trump over his handling of classified documents. I think that, um, you know, we've seen now uh, with the, the audio tape uh, that, that is out today as well, um, you know, that there's just simply no question that uh, he's unfit to be the president of the United States. And, um, you know, accountability really matters. Accountability uh, for those issues that we've now seen in terms of this indictment over the documents. Um, accountability for what he did on January 6th. Wow. 
Her father lied us into a war. Dick Cheney, vice president of the United States, we invaded a country that did not attack us, that had nothing to do with the attack of September 11th. We falsely accused them of having an active weapons of mass destruction program. They did not have an active weapons of mass destruction. There were no weapons of mass destruction. We lost nearly 10,000 people. Iraq lost, I think, 200,000 people, casualties, fatalities. Where's the accountability for that? You know, we could make a really a damn good case that her father, Dick Cheney, is a war criminal. And same goes for George W. And she's there sitting. And this, by the way, the Iraq war, it's all forgiven. It's all forgiven. Nobody cares. Just come out. You're against Trump. Wonderful. Wonderful. You're one of us. Have a seat on the couch. The Today Show. Just come on the Today Show and slam Trump and Trump supporters. That's what, that's what, it's wonderful. It's all wonderful. It's incredible, isn't it? Let's see here. One other thing here. Uh, next, she must stop Trump. When she says stop Trump, it sounds a little dangerous to me. It's like, we won't let that happen. Like, we're not going to let it happen. Well, I know, but what happens if he gets more votes? That's not going to happen. Well, how do you know? The way they talk, it's like she's running the show. And that's pretty creepy in my book. Uh, let me finish this. Cut 20. I'm not going to do anything that helps Donald Trump. Hunter Biden, as you know, recently pleaded guilty or is, uh, did a deal with the, the government regarding tax evasion. Many Republicans call it a sweetheart deal and evidence of a two-tier justice system. Do you think we have a two-tier justice system? Look, I think that... Um well, the, the U.S. attorney who was responsible for the Hunter Biden uh, investigation was appointed by Donald Trump. <laughs> okay. Wow. She really is establishment. I mean, she really, really is deep state. Oh, gosh. Weiss, they are all, this is, this is a conspiracy. This is a conspiracy, a criminal conspiracy to take down Trump. And that whole thing right there, that's proof of it. Weiss, that Weiss, the U.S. attorney, was Trump appointed. Now, they never tell you this, that it's basically uh, a matter of protocol and courtesy that the home state senators recommend the U.S. attorney. And in this case, the two Democrats from Delaware, Senator Tom Carper and Senator Chris Coons, both recommended David Weiss for U.S. attorney of the District of Delaware. Uh, Coons, David is a career prosecutor and dedicated public servant. I want to thank the White House for working with us to present an excellent nominee for U.S. Attorney. Senator Tom Carper, David Weiss is an excellent choice for U.S. Attorney for the District of Delaware. They wanted this guy, and they got him. It's one of the many things about Trump. Unfortunately, he was a little bit naive, a little bit naive, thinking that they would work with him. So was I. I didn't know that they would be out to sabotage his entire presidency, going to illegal means, illegal lengths to undermine him to undo the election i mean i did not think that he did not think that we know better now don't we uh herb in monmouth county hello you were you were talking earlier about uh the supreme court decision regarding uh, uh racism i will tell you the racism is with the democratic party simply because they support the teachers unions most districts in this country that have teachers unions and don't allow school choice 
the students are performing below grade level in all the important items, math and reading and other things. You are absolutely I, correct. That student, uh, the, the, the teachers union is the enemy of the students. Absolutely. Charter schools are the way to go. We have the data. Stanford University just put out a whole uh, set of data that shows that charter schools with choice and they find that inner city school ch- uh, students are doing very, very well, just on par with suburban school students. And uh, that teachers union. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. School choice is so important. Dan in Monroe. Hello. Hi, Greg. I love the show, man. Um, I taught for many years in Manhattan. I taught up in Harlem. I'm a white guy. And uh, it was so frustrating that it inspired me to write a poem about the kids that were getting bullied and beat up or the kids getting the A. So I wrote a a beautiful poem about it. It it has to stop. I mean, if, if if a black kid is doing well in school... You know, the kids from the neighborhood would, like, wait for him outside and, and give him a beating. And I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand that. There's something um, there's something wrong in a part of the culture that would allow that to happen. And what you're talking about is not the, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know exactly what you're talking about. You were there. You were there. And Barack Obama backs you up. One more time. Cut 17. Go into any inner city neighborhood and folks will tell you. The government alone can't teach our kids to learn. They know that parents have to teach, that children can't achieve unless we raise their expectations and turn off the television sets and eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. They know those things. And what have we done to eradicate that slander? What have we done? Not a damn thing. We're going around pretending that it's white racism, okay? That it's white supremacy that's holding people back. It is a joke. And unfortunately, (laughs) the victims are often poor, young, innocent children of color, okay? Because nothing has been done to change this poisonous, uh, Rhetoric, these expectations, zero expectations, reading a book is acting white. And, Dan, you saw this firsthand. What subject did you teach, by the way? Well, I taught uh, math and English, very important subjects. And uh, the other thing I I noticed is is this country has to clean up the lying media, and we have to clean up the fact that you you can't even, you know, if there was no Trump, if Trump was never born, we would would just – be using duck sauce and speaking Mandarin by now because you know what? People wouldn't be aware of what's going on. If Trump was never born, just think about that for a minute. We we weren't aware of all this the deep state swamp. If if there was no Trump, we definitely would be controlled by China by now. Duck sauce and uh what was the other thing you said? Yeah, well with China speaking. All right. All right. Yeah, China would be uh even more on the rise than they already are. All right. Dan, thank you very much. Um I don't, quite frankly, having been to China, uh, I don't think the duck sauce, I don't think, I think duck sauce is an American thing, to be honest. I, I think so. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, things looking uh, increasingly worse for Hunter. Uh, Hunter is uh, this this sweetheart deal may may unravel. Rudy Giuliani told me that a judge has got to approve it, and this is so light. This is such a wet kiss of an arrangement. A five year investigation, no jail time, 
um, not paying his taxes. Uh, and by the way, you know who finally did pay his taxes? Some guy in California, some rich dude in California who's a lawyer in the music industry, loans Hunter his private jet from time to time. Um, we know that uh, people have gone to jail for a lot less. This may not hold up. And this should be the very start of, uh, well, it's not over, but it looks like the Justice Department, it is over. They're they're playing games with this. Oh, the probe continues. No, it doesn't. That That's code for Congress. Uh, don't bother us. We're not giving you anything. Um, but it looks like it's over. Uh, some Democrats are very upset. They're getting very annoyed at the arrogance they're seeing from Joe. And there is a lot of arrogance. I mean, parading around with Hunter at that um, at that state dinner and and bringing him to uh, Camp David. It's just it's very unseemly, unseemly. Can we say unseemly? Hey, what's up with this? The World Health Organization says that aspartame causes cancer. Is that the deal? Did you hear that? aspartame now i drink a hell of a lot of uh, diet soda i know i stopped for a while uh i remember they had a problem with saccharin a long time ago but an aspartame was supposed to be better uh but now if you drink uh anything with aspartame 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 in it it's time to uh walk away from that stuff this is uh this is like a bombshell uh will diet coke now carry a cancer warning how much aspartame is safe to consume? And what products is the sweetener found in? Here's everything you need to know after the bombshell WHO ruling. Aspartame will be declared a potential cancer risk to humans. Um, Daily Mail here. The artificial sweetener used in a multitude of soft drinks, including Diet Coke and Dr. Pepper, will be listed as possibly carcinogenic to humans in a World Health Organization reclassification within the next few weeks, insiders said. What is aspartame, and what other products use it? Uh, let's see here. Aspartame is an artificial sweetener, right? It's been around since the 1960s and uh, developed completely by accident, actually. <laughs> it's 200 times sweeter than sugar. Wow. Um, this means uh, less is needed gram per gram than sugar to achieve the same sweet result, meaning products that contain it, I mean, look at this stuff. Look at all the calories. Look at all, not the calories, even if you're drinking Diet Coke. The weird items, the weird material, chemicals. Who needs this stuff? Why would we drink Diet Coke? There's no nutritional value whatsoever. Nothing. You get nothing from it. Caffeine, uh, it's unnatural caffeine. You shouldn't be getting caffeine that way. You can get caffeine from coffee. It is poison. And from time to time, you know, Coke goes all woke. Remember when they got involved in the Georgia election stuff and they tried to say that the law was unconstitutional and racist? Coca-Cola? Talk about racist. You've been targeting minority communities with your poison for a long time. They have clever marketing campaigns. You know, we've been talking about the African-American community. Take a look at the diabetes situation. It's uh, much worse. And in part because... Big shots like Coca-Cola have found clever ways to exploit African-Americans with their poison. So, all right, aspartame, possibly carcinogenic. Can we do this, everybody? You want to do it with me? No more soda? Seriously, no more soda. And this is a great time to be making the switch. You know why? It's uh, June 30th tomorrow. We're six months. Half the year is gone. Let's do it for the second half.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect that I, would, I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in the conversation. Up here in Washington Heights, treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. I answered your question. Now you're a punk. I put my finger right in your face and say, you're not up to this job. Do the right thing. Resign. All right. I mean, the, pulling the race card like that. What an ugly, ugly thing to do. And that poor woman up there <laughs> working her ass off. Washington Heights. All right. You know, I, I, I don't know who she is, but I, I, I'll tell you what. She's not Jacqueline Onassis. Uh, n- not that family. Okay. She's w- very much working class. You can't go and complain about rents to the mayor without being called a racist and a plantation owner? What the hell? What the hell kind of world is this? And, by the way, I think I'm the only guy out there who's really annoyed by this. <laughs> I'm looking at all the TV shows, and uh, there's nothing about it. No, this is uh, this is fine. There, This is somehow to, to race bait like that, to exploit, to diminish. I mean, <laughs> she's a white woman, and this is being held against her. I've said this before. If you happen to be a white woman, you are at the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, status in our society right now, okay? Now, I do believe it shouldn't matter what the hell you are, what gender, what uh, complexion. It doesn't matter. Equality, right? It's uh, kind of what you do in the moment. Hell, we don't have much of an attention span, all right? What are you doing right now, okay? What is going on right now? And uh, it doesn't matter what happened 200 years ago. I'm sorry. You're not going to hold that against some woman like that. It's, um, oh boy, I told you, I told you guys, and that he can get away with it is, uh, is really something. All right. There's something, uh, I got to get back to the Jordan Neely situation. Jordan Neely, Daniel Penny, you saw that he was arraigned the other day and brought into court. He pleaded not guilty. Now it's fascinating that there is, um, a parallel case that has not received nearly as much attention. The guy's name is Jordan Williams. And I believe he stabbed a homeless person to death, he says, in self-defense. And no charges will be filed against that individual. James Flippin, do I have that right? Yeah, that's basically it, Greg. I mean, what happened was uh, this guy, Jordan Williams, was on an F train. It's kind of amazing that it was both an F train with Daniel Penny and with this most recent case, Jordan Williams, on an F train with his girlfriend. And this guy, Victor Wodrogo, I guess his name is, mid-30s, Long rap sheet. He starts harassing his fellow subway riders. He actually started choking, allegedly, this man, Williams. He also um, accosted his girlfriend and made some lewd comments to her, quite lewd comments. And, uh, again, in essence, I guess the fact that this guy had his arms or hands around Williams' neck was potentially a major influencing factor for the Brooklyn grand jury that decided not to indict Williams' And the other fact pattern that I guess is relevant to the case, supposedly, uh, you know, Williams took out a knife. He stabbed the uh, Wydrogo in the chest, and it was a single stab wound that hit an artery, bled out, led to his death. So when I first heard stabbing, I'm thinking like, whoa, like, you know, repeated 
thrusts of the knife. Apparently, that's not exactly what happened. And there was both video testimony to that extent in the Jordan Williams case and some witnesses who came forward and said that he was acting in self-defense. So there are all kinds of witnesses who came forward and said the same thing about Daniel Penny. Which is what I said this morning when I was talking about the two different cases with our news director, Noam Layden. And he made the point that from his recollection, because, of course, we weren't inside the grand jury courtroom, uh, that there were also witnesses in the Daniel Penny case, again, the case that is going to trial, that said they didn't think they were in danger, that maybe Daniel Penny did go too far in the way that he acted. Right, now, again, well, I, I wasn't mean, there. And I, I, quite frankly, I've not heard anybody say that since this thing started. I have not heard that. But I'll tell you this. Um, this guy, first of all, Daniel Penny should not be charged. It sounds like this guy should not be charged either. However, he did stab the guy, so he had a knife with him. How many people here have knives with them? Ride the subway with a knife. Uh, criminals do that. Mm-hmm. That is the weapon of, of a criminal. You don't have a weapon. Uh, you don't keep a knife uh, for self-defense. I, ju- I don't think so. People out there may disagree, um, but... That is not a uh, – because one of the reasons why you don't want to use a knife to self-defend, very easy for that knife to be used against you. Mm. Um, I, that, that, that That's kind of weird. Well, I don't know the criminal code maybe as well as I should, but I always thought that the rule was that as long as the knife's blade wasn't like as long as the palm of your hand or something like that, you're allowed to have it. And switch blades are definitely illegal. Um, but, you know, if you have like a pocket knife – Switch blades were- are illegal, but you can walk around with a butcher knife. If it's short enough. Um, <laughs> Look, the whole yeah, well, thing I don't is think a weird. butcher knife would be that short. But hey, you know what? One of those cleavers to chop meat? One of those cleavers might be. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a knife guy. I think it's pretty weird to be riding the subway with a knife. I hear you. And, and, and it did jump out to me that it's like, okay, well, here this case was the use of a weapon in self-defense. You know, Daniel Penny used his hands and arms. So, I mean, it, it does... It strikes as like wow. There's there's something about two tier justice uh, system, uh, well. right? Two tier, and I wonder, I wonder if the race of the defendants here, because Williams was arrested initially, mm-hmm. if the race of the defendants had something to do with it. Because right now, in this moment that we're having, thanks to George Floyd, career criminal, who the cops initially tried to help by letting him out of the police car because he was having a panic attack, maybe induced by all that damn fentanyl that was in his system. Um. Uh, and why the hell did they say in the damn training handbook of the Minneapolis Police Department that you can restrain a suspect with your, uh, with your, with your leg and knee? It's just crazy that that was in there, but it was in there. Look, I know that's a little bit, uh, off topic, but anyway, so how old was Jordan Williams anyway? 20. Not that that has much to do with anything. And how old was Penny? 20, 24. 24. Hmm. Well, it's very strange. It's very sad. And I do think uh, race is the driving factor here. And, oh, by the way, I do know this regarding the grand jury. There were witnesses that said uh, Jordan Neely was posing a threat. Mm-hmm. There were. Now, maybe some said he wasn't. Right. That's also like, oh, the media now. Like, right? A narrative has taken hold. There's a new kind of the direction seems to be going in a certain direction. Uh, and guess what? Witnesses are going to possibly reflect that. I don't know. The, the last thing I'll say about this particular case that might be relevant, might not, is that they always say the prosecutor really kind of drives the agenda in the grand jury. There's no defense attorney there. There's no cross-examination. So I do find it kind of interesting that maybe there was exculpatory evidence allowed 
in the Brooklyn grand jury case, but maybe not in the Manhattan one. That's where you can get into are there questions of prosecution discretion. Prosecutorial. And the whole country has lost its mind. All right. And I, I know that grand jury system has been like that for a long time. The whole thing you can, you can, uh, indict a bologna sandwich. But, um, I want to tell you something. I was, uh, registering for an account the other day, you know, like a, a banking thing. Mm-hmm. And it was asking me, you know, questions to, so I could, they I could identify me. You ever do that? You know, what is the name of your first dog? Oh, yeah. Right, right. right yeah. So it asked me, what's the name? And asked my wife, actually, what's, what was the name of your first dog? And guess what the name of her first dog was? Lassie. Oh, okay? wow. Lassie. Not very creative no, because there well, was that TV show named right, Lassie. Yeah. And they said, we cannot accept this because it is, it is potentially offensive to certain groups. Now, Lassie apparently means something. Like, like woman? Like it young? Could mean, it could mean young woman of questionable morals or something like that. Oh, I didn't even know that. I, I, I Neither did I. I Not, mean, I've heard like, yeah, we lass, you know, Lassie, you know, like. We know the dog. We know the beautiful dog. And there was a TV show. Yeah, the collie, border collie. And like, talk about trying to control the language. Talk about just going way too far. It doesn't matter. That you're. This is something I'll remember. Bank. Right, let me right. use let me use this and it would not let us put that word the, the truth wow you could not enter the truth uh i got to find out a little bit more about why lassie is so objectionable but that's my thing in a lassie i know in australia they call mm-hmm. young women lassies right? right right and is that meant as i don't uh, know if it's australia i thought it was like irish or let's something. see here okay oh here yep definition of lassie a girl or young woman who is unmarried well that doesn't that's there's nothing wrong with that no um lass or lassie is another word for girl Okay, ooh, girl is possibly, you know, not, right? Is that is that a problem? No, but I, I would just maybe advise against giving out your security prompts for your account on the... Lassie, well, it didn't accept it. Oh, okay, good. All right, so you've knocked yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, thank you very thank you, much. Greg. And uh, Lassie, Lassie, you know what mine is? I'll tell you what mine is, Spike, Spike. And uh, that was my password for a lot of different things. Not anymore. Um, Spike uh, worked for about a decade. June 29th. It is almost six months over. Sandra, how do you feel about that? Six months. Is he, hasn't the year gone fast? Very fast. Too fast. But maybe it's good because the sooner time goes by, the sooner we'll have a new president. Maybe a better one, hopefully. But, um, you know, you know, you know what they say, be careful what you wish for. Maybe you can straighten my thinking out with this. R- RFK has the highest favorable points right now. He's liked the most out of everyone. And the White House won't let him debate Biden. So maybe I'm saying to myself, well, maybe that's good, because if he debates Biden, he'll clearly be the winner. And then that becomes a problem, if in my mind, to Donald Trump, because I want him to go together with Donald Trump. I don't want them to be like, you, you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I don't, actually. I'm sorry. I know people like Robert F. Kennedy. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is maybe it's good that he's not going to debate Biden. So maybe in the end he can join the Trump team some way, somehow. But if he debates Biden, becomes the nominee and goes against Trump, that's I'm not so happy with them. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise so far that he's not the gated vibe. All right, I don't all right. Know. You have gotten way into this. Uh, all right, Sandra. Very good. Look, it's not unusual for uh, an incumbent president to not debate the uh, same party opponent. You don't do that. I mean, just like Trump is not going to debate anybody, most likely. He's going to skip the debate because he's 40 points ahead. 
Uh, I like, do we have Robert F. Kennedy? Everybody is under, everybody's used to his voice now. I used to think that this was going to be a big deal, but it's not a big deal anymore. Let's try, uh, cut five. I mean, I'm running because I feel like my party has lost its way. Um, that the values that my uncle represented, my father represented when they were Democrats, uh, have been, uh, uh neglected, let's say. Um, and I want to try to bring the Democratic Party back to those values, the values that were, you know, in favor of uh, focus on, on the middle class in this country, focused on, on, on labor, on, uh, on racial, on, you know, on the, on the well-being of minorities in this country, focus on the environment, um, particularly on civil liberties and freedom of speech, which uh, the, the All right. Actually, has, the voice is uh, more of a factor than I realize. Actually, maybe maybe that is going to be a thing. I can't. I it, it, it distracted me for some reason right away. I don't know this part, though, because, uh, you know, he's got a lot of Trump supporters like you, Sandra. Uh, cut six. I'm proud that President Trump likes me, even though I don't agree with him on most of his issues. I'm, because I don't want to alienate people. I want to bring people together. I'm proud that all these people like me and that I have independent supporters and Democratic supporters and that I'm able to bring a lot of people. You know, every Democrat says, I want to end the polarization. But how do you do that without talking to people who don't agree with you? How do you do that without appealing to people? Without the per- My purpose is to... Find the issues, the values that we have in common, rather than, you know, focus on the issues and the personalities that keep us all apart. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. But, you know, when it comes to this transgender mess, I don't know if there's any compromise. And when it comes to the border, like we should have one and the left thinks we should not have one. I don't know if there's any compromise. There are some issues where I actually I don't see compromise. Very nice sounding words. uh, But uh, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, boy, folks, this is uh, very beautiful, very sad, very moving. It's an unbelievable. Now, you're not going to be able to see it. I'm going to retweet it. It'll be on Greg Kelly USA here in a moment. But uh, what happens is there is a very young child in a hospital. Looks like he's maybe five or six years old. And... um, the the video starts in the hospital hallway and a mother kind of running down the um running down the corridor she's got a bunch of stuff with her you know bag and coat and but what it says is mom reunites with her son after he wakes up from a 16 day coma and uh go ahead I know you can't see it, but what happens is she puts down her stuff and the, the, the child has his arms out. Mama, he's so happy to see his mom. He just woke up, 16-day coma. He's so small, so frail, but he puts his arms out to uh, to embrace his mother. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. And the mother hugs him. It is so beautiful. And you really think about, oh, my gosh. He has a rare skin condition. It's called dystrophic epidermolosis bullosa. And it means that his skin can blister very, very easily, and there's no cure for it. Um, but his face, she goes into the room, and his head is down, and then he lifts up his head, and he sees and yells out, Mama, and he puts his arms out. Oh, my goodness gracious, you want to do anything for this little boy? It is so amazing. A mother's love and the child's love and the hug, it's just really, really something to see. If you want to find it for yourself, let me see here. I gotta tweet it. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show everything to my wife first. Did you know that? I gotta, <laughs> she does all the tweeting for me. But if you Google mom reunites 16 day coma, it pops right up. And let me just uh, go ahead and put this out there. What's the message? <sighs> Mothers are great. The human experience is awesome. God works in mysterious ways sometimes. <sighs> And um, life is beautiful. I mean, I this 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 young boy has inspired millions of people who will never know. He'll never know. And um, I don't know, tough stuff, but beautiful. What do you think? Have you ever seen anything like that? The social media, you know, a lot of junk on there, but some things that just really blow your mind. And um, not much more information about who this kid is or where this video was taken. But a lot of people are talking about it. Two heroes in my book. Thank you very much. Again, 16-day coma reunites with mom. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, flight attendants only start getting paid when the door closes. When the door closes... On the plane, that's when they they start getting paid. And then when the plane comes to a stop and the pilot puts the parking brake on, that's when they stop getting paid. So all that time uh, they're walking around uh, or helping you find your seat or helping me with my bag and all that stuff. Uh, you know, they stand there as you come in. Hello, hello. Um, they're not getting paid for that. Isn't that weird? Isn't that like, why isn't there a Supreme Court case about that? I mean, that's just totally insane. Uh, they're wearing the uniform. They would not be there if they weren't working. They're not paid until that plane is essentially moving. And once it's stopped, there's no money. Hey, Mike Pence is in Ukraine. What the hell is he doing over there? Uh, looking for votes? <laughs> He's not getting them in America. Uh, I see him right now with President Zelensky. Uh, how's the money? How's your money situation? <laughs> Got enough? Uh, what, what, what would they be talking about? Mike, in Kiev, Mike Pence vows to continue Ukraine support. I would just like one big guy to talk about peace. One person. Wouldn't it be great if one person was pushing peace? Let's see if we have anybody like that. Anybody, anybody at all. Uh, oh yeah. Trump <laughs> is the one guy who said, Hey, I want the killing to stop. And somehow that's kind of a, a radical position. Oh, that's Trump. He's a madman. Why? Why is that suddenly? What about the peace? Give peace a chance. All right. Uh, let's see here. 
The Supreme Court thing is still a big deal. I'll get to that in a, bit, in a second. I mean, I, this is one of the most offensive things I've ever heard, though, in my life, this Eric Adams moment. And I feel even more respect for this woman. I've slowed down and I've listened to the question. I want you to hear it as well. We're going to pump up the volume. She speaks with respect. I mean, respect. What does that mean, respect? What does it mean? She has a grievance. You're allowed. It's her constitutional right to speak and to uh, seek uh, redress. It's it's in the damn Constitution. And if you want to point, you can point. You know, it's not like she has her finger in his face. She's about 200 feet away from him. And he's flanked by this posse he runs with. I don't know why, 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 why. We pay for a mayor. Do we have to pay for 75 uh, valets and assistants and deputy mayors? What's that all about? I think the staff is getting a little bit out of hand. Whoever these people are at this big, magnificent, huge table, and he's sitting in the middle like he's king, and these poor subjects, his subjects come up. And how dare you speak to the king like that? How dare you speak to me like that? This is not England, buddy. <laughs> this is not some kingdom. You're a municipal official. I know this has all gone to your head, and you just can't believe it. You're still pinching yourself. I'm the mayor. I can't believe it. Well, neither can I, but get over it. <laughs> just all right, may we? Let's do it. And you said you supported those rent increases. We're not talking about little landlords. We're talking about big landlords. And you said you supported those rent increases. Then she says, and in Nassau, so there's nothing wrong with anything that she's saying. Keep going. Why in New York City, where the real estate is controlling you, Mr. Mayor, why Why are we having these horrible rent increases? And you, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, that's not good enough for you? You, You're not getting your royal highness, okay? You're not the grand, high, exalted, imperial, mystic ruler, all right? You're Eric. Remember when he told everybody, I'm Eric. This is how I flow. Remember that, all that stuff, right? Uh, uh, Who knew he was so uptight and sensitive? Keep going. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city, and treat me with the respect that I deserve to be treated. You know I'm- how many people have pointed? <laughs> how is this not? How is this disrespectful? Especially if you've got fifty guys on either side, and you, you sir, this is on you. It's one thing to point in somebody's face. That's not right. Get your finger out of my face. She's fifty feet away from you, at least. Keep going. To you as an adult, don't stand in front like you're treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in the conversation. Up here in Washington Heights, treat me with the right, same stop, level. Stop, res- stop, stop. A plantation, then he thinks for a second, that you own. Because he knows, I think in one, in one millisecond he realizes that's totally ridiculous. So he's got to make it even, he's got to double down on it. That you own. On a plantation. Don't speak to me like we're on the plantation. Oh, wait a second. Uh, This is not quite working. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll say that she owns the plantation, right? How many theme? I think she might be Dominican, by the way. All right. I I don't know what her ethnicity is. It really doesn't matter. 
but I I think she just might be a Dominican woman. This plantation that you own. <laughs> and what's he going to be, whether he's a man or something like that? I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into <laughs> this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. What? I answered your question. What the hell does that mean? I walk in like a grown man. I walk out like a grown man. You're going to get defeated like a grown man. I just may have to run against you. I can't wait to, for the debate. Now I know how to press your buttons. I'll be like, that man, and I'll be pointing at him the whole time. This man. Uh, Greg, you do not. Uh, we have to find this lady. We have to find this woman. Um, Washington Heights. Where is that exactly? <laughs> I'm only kidding. I mean, how do we find her? How do we find her? Now, if you look at it again, this is a huge meeting. This is a huge, there are lots and lots of people in there. I totally understand why she's pointing. What is uh, racism? Racism. It is the coward's way out. The coward's way out. And speaking of cowards, Joe Biden had something to say about uh, affirmative action. Cut 22, please. Cut 22. The Supreme Court has thrown into question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. Should there be term limits for the justices, sir? It's not a normal court. Um, did they have this conversation in the men's room, for crying out loud? I can't hear anything. Cut 23, does it get better? You know, I know today's yeah. court decision is a severe disappointment to so many people, including me. But we cannot let the decision be a permanent setback for the country. Oh, so what are you going to do about it, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. This is where he uh, starts. He's going to whip out his executive orders. Cut 24. For 45 years, the United States Supreme Court has recognized the college's freedom to decide how, how to build diverse student bodies and to meet the responsibility of opening doors of opportunity for every single American. <clears throat> In case Stop. Case, Not every single American go to Harvard University, okay? And this was penalizing people for being excellent, especially students who happen to be Asian and uh, these college administrators who somehow thought there are too many Asian people around. This has been totally flipped upside down. So, so dishonest. Sal, hello. Welcome back. You're in Staten Island. Hi. Uh-oh. All right. Never mind. Never mind then. Uh, Jacqueline, hello. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. Um, you know, I wanted to comment on this clip that you played with this woman um, that lambasted. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it, so I don't know. I don't like to speak about something unless I have all the information straight. You heard it. Um, I mean, you heard it. You heard it, and that's important. You, you, you know, you heard it. Yes, but I was, I was suspecting that this woman is a white woman, and that if that is the case. That he, Eric, and I love when you refer to him as Eric, Eric was being very disrespectful to her. And as you so accurately pointed out, she would, I can understand if she was standing in front of him face to face and talking to him and pointing her finger in his face. Yes, that would be disrespectful. But who is he to assume and make those assumptions and make those accusations? He doesn't know this woman at all. And he is basically, um, uh, what's that term that they use? Uh, it escapes my mind right now. Gaslighting. Mm. He is gaslighting and putting ideas and thoughts and speaking for her. He doesn't know her from anywhere. He doesn't know anything that her family owns slaves or not. And this is the part of, part of the problem that we have in this city. 
uh, that everything, as you pointed out, is about race. And it's mostly those of color that make it an issue about race when it never is. Now, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, let me jump in here, actually. There are plenty of people, uh, white people, liberals do it, okay? Liberals do it. Liberals love to play the race card, all right? Whether they're black, white, red, brown, okay? All kinds of people, especially, especially the media. And the media in New York happens to be dominated by, uh, by Caucasian people, actually. Uh, a good chunk of it. Let me see here. Now, I got to show you this. You can't see this. Although you should be able to see it. You gotta go find it online. I wanna count how many people are on his left and on his right. It's more than double digits, okay? He's on this incredibly stupid and big, uh, dais. And you, you got a point, you, just to make it clear. I'm talking to the guy in the middle. The guy in the middle. And let's see, I got a good look at her. She's elderly, by the way. She looks like she's, I mean, elderly. 70. That's not really elderly anymore. I don't even like the word elderly. You know, I think we should get get word of that. Anyway, Jacqueline, um, keep going. I want well, I wanted to ask you a question. And again, the race brings me to a question that I've wanted to ask you for quite a number of weeks now because you are a trained Marine and you did mention the Daniel Penny case. Yeah. As a trained Marine, isn't it true that Daniel Penny did not have uh, that person in a a chokehold? I heard a lawyer talking about this on air and that that was a restraint. That was a very specific type of restraint that was used so as not to cut off his air and his breathing ability. If he wanted to, he could have killed him instantly. You're trained as a Marine to do that, are you not? No, not really. No, no, no. Forget the fact that he's a Marine. We admire his service and all that stuff, but that has nothing to do with it. All right. And uh, they don't they don't teach you how to kill somebody in a second. Although if you have an M16 that you can kill somebody in a second or a weapon, they just no. there's no there's no Vulcan death grip. OK. Um, and they never taught us this maneuver. I mean, look, the Marine Corps changed whatever. But I agree with that lawyer. I made the same point. You can just watch it. He's not choking the guy. He is basically preventing his upper body from moving from he's kind of he's controlling the torso more than the neck. And if you look closely, you can see, first of all, that uh, uh, Neely is breathing. All right. He's breathing. And this is not something, this is not something you got to learn in the military. It just makes sense. If you want, if you want somebody to not choke, you apply most of the pressure or a good chunk of it to the torso as opposed to the neck. And I believe that's what's happening. Uh, that's what I think is going down. But no, the Marine Corps thing, um, and no, and sometimes like, well, you, as a Marine, and I heard that a lot during the coverage, it's neither here nor there. He's a hero in my book, but it's neither here nor there. Does that make sense, Jacqueline? It, it does, but I wanted to make the point that I think he was being, taking the utmost care to make sure that he was just simply restraining him and did not want to, uh, hurt him or certainly did not want to kill him. And, th- and that was my point that I would, I would imagine in the Marine Corps that you're trained specifically with how to restrain someone no. without killing them. No, I mean, no, we, no, you're trained in your job. You're trained in, 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 uh, marksmanship. You know, not 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 this kind of stuff, not this kind of stuff. By the way, here's a headline in the liberal news. All of the 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 liberal media are taking Eric Adams's side. New York City mayor torches irate white woman at town hall event with jaw dropping slavery reference. But like the torching an irate white woman. Right. That's so negative. That is so nasty. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay, there are 16 people sitting on either side of him. On his right, he's got 16 people. And on his left, there's another 16 people. So you got you got a point. Hey, I'm talking about you in the middle there. She is, and it is a gymnasium. I was right. He's center. He is uh, on the center line, and she is inside the free throw uh, circle. The the you know where you do the free throw shops. What <laughs> I'm really not a sports guy. Well, you know what I'm talking about when they get the penalty shot. What is that free throw? That's where she is. So it's a good distance away. Jacqueline, you made a lot of great points. All else is good? Yeah, yeah. Always enjoy listening to your program. So all, right, all good. Thank you so much. Keep in touch. Uh yeah, we gotta find everyone's bullying her now. Irate white woman. Now, by the way, I would have to say, now that I'm getting a really good look at her, I don't think she's Dominican. I do think she is uh Caucasian. Um and I think she's a uh, a working class, tough, tough New Yorker. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to come and say stuff. And it doesn't matter what color anybody is, okay? You can mix it up. She called him Mr. Mayor. She didn't use a slur. She didn't say idiot. I can say idiot. I'll say jerk. She didn't. Good for her. Bad on him. Bad on him. I'm not surprised. Be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. The media, they're just loving Eric Adams. They're defending. They're intimidated by him, by the way. They're just intimidated. Uh, Tommy Christopher from Mediaite writes up, uh, Mayor Adams expressed exception to her tone and gestures, dressing her down and accusing her of behaving like a plantation owner to the applause from many in the audience. Now, I just I heard a smattering of claps. And in a room that big, and by the way, half of them probably worked for Adams. All of them, I would say, were. <laughs> uh, that was not a rousing uh, display of support for the crazy race-baiting crap that Mayor Adams was pushing again. And although, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he talk about this stuff? This is how he, he came to power. This is how it worked. And he was the black guy with name recognition. I keep hearing, oh, he was pro-law enforcement. That's nonsense. Okay, number one, he's not law, he's not pro-law enforcement. Knows nothing about law enforcement. Nothing. Zero. Uh, when did we have primary? When was the primary? Uh, the last Tuesday in June of 2021. You know, I, I, I looked it up. You know that we used to have it in September. All right. Back to school. Everyone's kind of focused, right? Now we have it the last day of school. Did anybody know it was coming? Nobody knew it was coming. And uh, other states have done the same thing. I found about 15 states that had the primary in uh, September and October. And guess what they've all done? They moved it to August. Now, that is an anti-Democrat trick. They're all up to some trickery. They don't want people voting in the elections. It's what they've always done. 
You think uh, voters choose their uh, their representatives? No, the representative choose their voters. That's what it's all about. And it's quite frankly been uh, the history of this country, but now it's so blatant. You know, gerrymandering has been around for a long time, but this kind of thing, trying to hide Election Day. Um, wow. Now that is something. All right. Winding down here. Um I want to thank again the people who just came out of nowhere when I took that terrible tumble. I was running down uh, the sidewalk, uh, 10 minute miles, nothing, nothing fancy. And, uh, there was a great big bump. You know, the, the sidewalks were all screwed up and there was a bump and I tripped on it and I did one of those things like, boom, 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 boom. I thought I could not fall and I did fall and uh, scratched my hand or whatever, scared the hell out of myself. I thought I was going to break my face. Um, and then like these six people came out of nowhere to make sure I was okay. I was really worried that I broke my phone. I don't want that to happen again. Gosh, go to the Apple store. You know what that's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they were so good and, uh, New Yorkers were all good to each other. We really are. We're not like these people on TV. We're just not. They are not us. They don't represent us. Adams is so out to lunch. He does not understand who we are. I've never seen anybody. All right. Enough about him. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. You guys have been on hold for a long time. I'll do uh, Doug in Huntington. Yes, quickly if you don't mind. Hi, Greg. How are you today? Good. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I, I just wanted to make a comment about this whole Daniel Penny and his Neely thing. I think that the attorneys ought to reverse this around, and Penny ought to have his attorneys or himself sue the family of Neely because they knew that this guy was crazed. They knew he was a threat. He prov- uh, uh, provoked everything that went on there, and uh, the, the people weren't being protected. The family so is not responsible. Not He's an adult male. He's an adult male. I don't. I don't think you can put this on the family. By the way, I don't think he had seen him in months. Well, he hadn't, now, seen, now he, he hadn't seen him in months. You know, right? I mean, he was a head case. He was a head case. He needed help. Uh, but I don't. I, you know, I you know the system failed him and all that stuff. I. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. All right, Doug. Thank you very much, uh, Rick. In uh, wherever you are. Hi, Rick. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Um, RFK wants to put climate change deniers in jail, so we don't want him. He's not for freedom. Next speech. up will be. Uh, no, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to put cl- climate deniers in jail. No, he doesn't. He said he wanted to do that. Nah, you know he doesn't. He maybe he said it in jest. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that. He believes in the Constitution. And uh, he believes in inalienable rights. And uh, I absolutely do not believe that, Rick. I will double check, but I don't believe it. I think you're mistaken here. And there's a lot of fake news flying around the Internet, as you know. Bob, very quickly. Yeah, Greg, all on the news, uh, gutting affirmative action. Uh, A question, how does this affect uh, the NBA? Oh, I know where you're going with that one. All right, thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.